da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. All right, hey, Hellboy fans, all seven of you, <laughs> welcome into this special episode of Mad About Movies. There were 12 which... before the Rotten Tomato scores came out. Now there's yeah. seven. Five bail, they're like, I can oh, only no. take so much. Brian had already seen it, and so we're like, you know what, Brian, since you've already seen it, you can just do this review sure. with uh, with some friends. And mm-hmm. so that's what's that's what's happening. Um, if you yeah, have What should we do? We should maybe leave? like... Yeah. <laughs> like when they start, once they start talking about Hellboy, leave. Yeah, yes. but should we go like maybe for a nice walk? Yeah, yeah, we should. We should hike. There's a pond. Do something that can definitely be more productive than talking yeah. about. Yeah, this movie. feed Lots the ducks. Sure. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I do like ducks. Brian, feed ducks. Ducks are terrible. Birds are awful. <laughs> uh, ducks are very overrated. I'm a big. I'm a big duck guy. <laughs> I'm low on the. I duck. like water birds. Only mighty ducks. I'm not a big bird guy, but I, I do like water birds. I'm anti. Pretty much every bird that's not like a raven. Those are cool. You like ravens? Yeah. Raptors, cool. Everything that's that's not like a predator bird, mm-hmm. get out. I'm done. I have no no use for you. Well, this is being predator bird. <laughs> Hot bird talk. talk, yeah. Hot bird talk. That's something way different that I subscribe to. And that's um Yeah, so Brian and I did a episode this past week. We we talked about the Star Wars trailer that came out for episode nine. So if you haven't listened to that or if you've seen the trailer. I saw the trailer, guys. What'd you think? Looks good. Yeah, it looks like a movie. No, it looks good. I'm fired up for it. Um, Brian and I talked about that for... (laughs) Daisy always looks good. Yeah, fair. She's awesome. We talked about it for like... 45 plus minutes. Um, I saw the runtime on my pod feed yeah, right was, as I deleted it. it. I was like, wow, <laughs> it's a long one. Yeah, I passed really out dumb. seven, eight times. Oh, well, that's hard. Like, when you have to resuscitate Brian, that yeah, does make it yeah. difficult. Right. Um, and so... I just keep a defibrillator with me at all times for that. Mm-hmm. Just in case Star Wars trailers happen. <laughs> so I, I guess considering the box office totals of this you can consider this episode a bonus episode yeah because that that Jeez. star wars episode would be our main content of the week <laughs> this is uh we got some stuff to catch up on that's why we're here yeah. um brian's gonna talk hellboy with ariel and uh and friends of the show yes! Rumors and rumbling. that's awesome let the filibustering begin we got some news to talk about we touched on it a little bit in our star wars conversation mm. but um we want to talk about the official announcement of Disney Plus and the repercussions of that, the reaction to that, and all that. So Bob Iger, or I like to call him Bobby Bo- Gare, Bob- Bobby Gare, mm-hmm. like Boney Vare. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Bobby Gare, he was up there. Toy Story. Bobby Gare um, announced, made it official. Disney Plus streaming service and gave us details. Uh, amongst other details was the official release of November of 12th yeah. uh, for the U.S. and uh, to be determined for other countries. But they did say that uh, within the year it would be um, a lot of other countries, yeah. including the U.K. and China and uh, China yeah. and uh, Canada, other um, territories as well will be, of course, getting the rollout sooner rather than later. Granada, mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> Fiji. It was just another grunt in my platoon. <laughs> Grenada. Um, and so 
And I just... The big thing is most people were probably wondering or waiting for was the price. Yeah. Um, And they announced it at $70 annually slash... No, I don't think that's what they said. (laughs) Yeah, it was... (laughs) And what was it? Seven dollars like, a month. Let's be sixty nine ninety nine. <laughs> nice, nice. And what was the monthly price? Six dollars ninety nine cents. Nice, nice. Um, and so I, I guess <laughs> they've got to start somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. It's smart for them to start there. Um, and that's really all I got. I'm not going to buy it. Um, it's it's funny. I'm always reminded of Seinfeld. When the, when I hear about these things, because uh, you know their target their target audience is people who have Disney, love Disney, mm-hmm. um, would pay for right. Disney service, <laughs> um, you know, already own probably all the movies, have uh, seen them all multiple times, and I'm reminded of Seinfeld because when Seinfeld was being optioned for streaming. They ended up going with Hulu, or Hulu was the highest bidder, mm-hmm. and he was just completely floored that that he would get paid a hundred something million dollars, so that the people who like the show and have already seen the show and own the show can watch it some on a different right somewhere else. They want to watch it somewhere else, right? That's what you're paying for. It's like okay, you're going to be hundred million so that they can watch it on this app. Great, sure. What you know, what difference does it make it to me? Yeah. Um, and so you are definitely paying for convenience. You're paying for um, what they hope are their original series. And I think more than anything, that's going to be what keeps people probably oh, sure. coming back is if the original series, series are any good. Um, if I do give this a chance, it'll be probably for the first month to check out the original series, see what they're like. Um, but it'll be interesting to see the long-term strategy for this. Um how they bundle it with their other channels, how they bundle it with Disney Channel, what they're doing on cable, you know, if they even try to keep those channels afloat much longer. Mm. Uh because I'm sure that I'm sure that you know, longer the longer they go, less and less of their bottom line is going to be from TV, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. Uh, that's just that's just the way things are. Uh, are headed so they're starting it out at six ninety nine a month. Nice. I think that's really smart. And um, and yeah, of course it'll probably be you know two years from now it'll be ten ninety nine and eleven ninety nine sure, whatever. Sure. But uh, you got to sure. start somewhere, and I think that's a smart place to start. But um, but yeah, that's it. Seventy dollars a month. I'm not sure if you can call it a Netflix competitor per se because I mean let's face it, there are going to be limitations to what they're going to put on this service. This is going to be Disney approved vetted yeah. material. Yeah. Um, you're not going to have. There's no Miramax Plus. <laughs> Netflix knows what they have, and I think that's why they probably s- signed so many of these comedians to exclusive rights deals and things like that because they they're going to have something to offer. Yeah. Um, what Disney has to offer is this family friendly. Oh, look the Disney name, right? They're selling the name. They're selling the uh their back catalog, right? They're selling Star Wars, they're selling Marvel, they're selling all these these properties. Meanwhile, Netflix what they're selling is the pro- possibilities are endless. We can do whatever we want. Um we can have rated R movies here, we can do PG, we can have kids, we can do whatever they want. And so 
I think the uh, the long term kind of ceiling of what Disney Plus could be is probably smaller than what Netflix is, can be, just because they do have to meet their brand standards in a certain way. Um, but at the same time, um, I think it's really smart for families and it's really smart for for kids um, and oh, for yeah. parents of kids mm. to go the Disney Plus route. And you know, if you want to go watch a Disney show that hasn't been on in however many years, Proud Family or something like that, you know, <laughs> you want to go watch Even Stevens. Yeah, I'm sure those those Even types Stevens. of shows are going to be are going to be on there too. Yeah, and a lot of back catalogs, a lot of binging uh, type content. So, um, so that's kind of that's kind of the keynote summarized. Six ninety nine mm-hmm. a month or sixty nine ninety nine a year. For um for the, at least the first year and then we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I'm sure it'll go up. I'm sure. Yeah, but that's fine because they're starting it at the right. They they I'll also go over the specific like exclusives that they're going to have here in a second. But yeah, yeah I mean, they, they, you also I think <sighs> it turns out Disney is good at business. You know, it, it, they did a great job with the presentation mm-hmm. of they built everything up because I think there was some speculation going in of like. Um, I don't know if this is going to be necessary. We knew they had that Mandalorian show. We knew a couple of other things that were going to be part of mm-hmm. this package. And, and I think it's it all sounded good, but um, that presentation did a great job of highlighting all this stuff. They did, they, they kind of dominated that news cycle uh, for for 24 hours or something until the Star Wars trailer came mm-hmm. out, you know, which is pretty strong back-to-back for... For one studio, but they, they did a great job of, of rolling out. Here's uh, here's the new Star Wars shows that we're gonna have. Here's the new mm-hmm. Marvel stuff we're gonna have. Here's the um, here's the plan for all the Pixar films. Here's the plan for Star Wars films. Here's the plan for Marvel films. Blah 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 blah. They have all these you know tremendous properties and stuff. And then you kind of get to a point where it's almost like they, the especially in the 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 way they did the presentation you get to a place where you're like okay but how much is this going to get cost you know because this is sounding so awesome at this point that you're thinking you're starting to i know i was as a parent i'm sitting here like i can't wait for the streaming service because it's going to have a lot of stuff that my kid's never seen before it's going to have stuff that he i assume the app is going to be easy to use Mm -hmm. he'll be able to operate it himself blah blah blah, all these sorts of things but the more and more i'm seeing on twitter i'm like gosh this is going to end up being like 20 bucks a month or something. And that's, that's tough. That's tough to work into the budget. And then there it's, it really was like the very end of mm-hmm. the whole thing. And they're like, Hey, by the way, this thing drops November 12th and it costs less than $7 a yeah. month. You know, that's a genius play. And I, like you're, you're right. Kent. it'll, I'm sure by year three, it'll be 1299 a month or something like that. But they hook you in. At yeah. Least. They hook you. And then, then you, then you want to be there. But so man, I thought they were going to come month. after everybody. Cause they, they do have all that, especially children. You know, there's no, you can't. Your kid can't not have Disney stuff. Not your kid specifically, sure. Brian, but the. But that's the, true. Yeah. But the <laughs> right, and so they kind of have everyone buy the gonads, where it's like, okay, uh, we, we're going to charge you twenty two dollars a month for this. You know, seven dollars more than HBO or whatever. Uh, but they they were the pricing was really smart, I think, and and definitely it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But. You know they have so much money that certainly doesn't have to be a revenue generator. It right. could just kind of right. be a vault for them, no pun intended, forever. So yeah. it's, it's interesting on that on that note for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's going to get to the point where we're going to get, you know, they're going to pay seven dollars a month, and then in three years, <laughs> there's going to be memes of like, 
remember when we suckered you guys in for seven dollars a month and right and now uh season four of the Mandalorian's about to drop and you're paying nineteen ninety nine a month and we're like, Oh I gotta right. have it in my right. life right. you know, <laughs> or whatever it is. Um It's crazy though the way the streaming structure the one note I had is like it is we were in this sweet spot for probably I don't know, like the last ten years where you could you know, you you had everyone was paying for twenty years, people were paying whatever, fifty bucks a month for cable, forty right. bucks a month for cable. Right. Then cable became really expensive. You added internet to it, then everyone was paying like one, one fifty. Obviously that couldn't hold. Then you have these disruptors in the market in terms of content with Netflix and Hulu, later on HBO Go and now where you could I think for twenty to 40 or 20 to 50 dollars a month be totally in on like the zeitgeist of culture and mm-hmm. have, have mm-hmm. seen most things and still so now it was cheap again and now with this apple plus and we'll see how it how its content is disney plus which is to me i hate that they're both named that and not of the same i mean they the have like SPN a weird part plus, they have like yeah, it's weird that Apple's part of that because like they're not really Disney, but Apple they, TV should not have done Plus. Yeah, for I agree. Sure, that is a bad, bad big bad. mistake. But anyway, all these all these streaming services now, it's like cutting back to the thing where it's gonna be on. They figured yeah. it out that that kind of glory era was over, where it's like mm-hmm. we're now back to if you want to have seen everything, which I don't care. I like everyone right. knows I retired from TV. Uh, but if you want to be someone that has seen most of the shows that are out there right now, you're gonna have to pay a hundred bucks a month. They, right. It was like yeah. they. Capitalism wins. We have figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, um, it's going to be interesting in the long term. But like I said, what they have right now is the back catalogs of Disney stuff, which is immense. They said the legacy collection is going to be on there mm-hmm. from day, from launch. Um, it's oh, so- going to be the Captain Marvel is going to be on there from launch uh, streaming. Um all the Disney movies from this year are going to be there exclusively. So Star Wars and basically Captain Marvel is the first. And from then on, every Disney movie is going to be exclusively on Disney Plus streaming yeah, yeah. Uh, for, forever. Um, yeah, you have they, they're kind of treating it like they would treat uh, whatever HBO or stars. Or something. <laughs> you have a window where. It won't be on the streaming because you'll, you know, they want you to go buy the DVD or the mm-hmm. digital or the whatever, and then it'll. So, Captain Marvel came out what mid March, and this is going to be mid November. So there's yeah. Your, oh, it'll be on window. DVD for a while yeah. before. You're probably talking. You're talking seven to nine months, pretty much. For Basically, each. you can forget about ever seeing a Disney property, Disney Fox movie, again on any other service. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If it's on there now, it, it, it's gonna when the, it expires this year. I know Avengers: Infinity War and all that right, are on Netflix right, right now. But that deal Watch comes all you can. Answer, it's yeah. about yeah. It's I think it's like in May when it when it um, yeah. comes. Uh, and Netflix was smart. They saw. I mean, that's why they got they got all those rights for so cheap on yeah. streaming and mm-hmm. for so long with X amount of contracts. Not just with Disney, but that's certainly a big one. And that's why they've had such an impetus on original content for right. the last four years because they were smart enough to see these con- you know. This was a heck of a deal. We built the brand off right, this stuff, but right. that, you know, all of these are going to have their yeah, own stream. We got to bridge people over to the. And I'm just waiting for the Summit Entertainment stream, Summit right. Plus. <laughs> Summit Plus. Good God. Think about it, all the Twilights. In. Now You See Me, Now You See Me 2. And Draft Day. A spinoff show about what, the other twin and Now You See Me. Uh-huh. And now you, it's. A lot, of, a lot of jail time on that one, but sure. sure. Yeah, well, it's they said it's, it's basically Oz. Oz. It's Oz. For, it's called Magic <laughs> Oz, and then you work that in too, the wizard. And so, 
Um, yeah. So. Magic Oz. So here are some of the original series that are coming to Disney Plus. So I watched the panel today for The Mandalorian. Uh, this is the Star Wars live action series, the first one. Um, John Favreau is overseeing the project. Um, Dave Filoni is directing a bunch of the episodes. Taika. Well, Taika Watiti is directing and also voicing IG-88, the bounty nice. hunter. Um, it stars <laughs> Pedro Pascal, Gina Carano, um, Giancarlo Esposito, Nick Nolte, Warner Herzog, Dal- Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard. Gosh, man. He's and, awesome. <laughs> yeah, and Carl Weathers uh, also. We got Stu going, going here, <laughs> Yeah, so this is going to be... <laughs> And something that kind of hacked me off is they, we were watching the stream, I was watching the stream of the the keynote, and John Favreau's like, all right, I know you guys have been waiting forever for this, and sorry streamers, we're going to go back for a second. All right, roll the footage, and I'm not kidding. They showed a, like, please stand by screen as they showed everybody that was there, the footage of, it's like, what possibly could it hurt to show us footage? Like, it would... Make yeah. us excited to see it? Ectoplasm, or, dude. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> Yeah, why keeping gotta, stuff from us would... Yeah, I get it. You got to keep the, that... I don't. That, that <laughs> They're trying the, to market this or well, not? I mean... People it, paid to go to the event, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you, uh, you're paying to see that if you're at that convention. If you can well, just then why'd they show the freaking then, yeah, I mean, trailer on Friday? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just don't... I don't understand that. When it's going to leak anyway, I mean, it's going to go... Sure. Yeah, it's gonna be on people's YouTube's. Um, they're doing a Rogue One prequel series. Well, I don't know why. Less Diego interesting Luna, than that one. Diego yeah. Luna. Yeah. More, um, more Diego. More Diego. Star of our. Generation. I just found out Pedro Pascal and Diego Luna were different people. I did not. <laughs> one of them is charismatic on screen. Yeah, Pedro. The other one is. Um, they're bringing back the Clone Wars for season seven. Yeah. Um, the cartoon series. The like I said, the the. Star Wars movies are all going to be on there. The original trilogy, prequels, and new new trilogy. Um, Loki is what that series is called with Tom Hiddleston for Marvel. Um, they're, oh, doing, they're doing that. I didn't know that. They're was doing really. a yeah. It's all Loki. We haven't got enough of that character, so that's good. <laughs> sure. Uh, that one actually has the most hype, probably behind it of all of them, or at least had the most retweets or whatever of all the announcements. The Loki show. People love Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, they do. They're obsessed. I like him. I'm. I'm not. I'm not dying to see uh, 47 episodes. Of, I think it's what's Loki cool show. is it's I'll all, watch it. It's but. all improv. It's like it's like Curb, <laughs> <laughs> but he's Loki. Um, there's one. Thor just yells at him. If you weren't my best friend, <laughs> take my bare hands. This one has Punch Jack Schaefer, co-writer of Marvel, serving as the WandaVision showrunner. Yeah, yeah. And then... That's, that's, I'm not super interested in any of those, if I'm being honest. Like, no. I don't... Falcon I'm not interested Soldier. in any... I'm not, I'm not interested no. in any Marvel shows, period. I, I mean, I'll give I'm, them a chance. I'm not going to be... I'm going to be honest. I have not watched any of the Netflix series, any of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> I enjoyed S.H.I.E.L.D. for I a couple seasons. I've... It was fun. Sarah liked. We the, got twenty-two uh, movies of Jessica. <laughs> freaking <laughs> movies. Yeah, Jessica years. Jones is good. Yeah, those yeah. other Netflix ones were pretty. The MCU, just yeah, personally, I mean, this is just me. The MCU itches my 
scratch for <laughs> for Marvel stuff. Yeah. Uh, they're doing, like I said, they're doing a a, a Scarlet Witch Vision series. They're Definitely doing a don't need that. That one's for Falcon sure. Winter Soldier series, and then I they're doing that. a Hawkeye series too. Definitely don't need that one either. Um, he lights up the small screen. They're doing one called an animated series called Marvel's What If. Yeah, that's that gonna, one sounds that's gonna cool. be yeah. more team up super soldiers against each other, like stuff you can't do in live action, obviously. That's based on a comic. Yes. That's pretty cool. Um all the MCU movies will be on there. This is called Book of Enchantment, a live action series based on the series of novels that Maleficent, um, the Evil Queen, the Beast, you know, the big book of spells yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. based on that. Um Diary of a Female President. It's got yeah, right. <laughs> now we're talking it's, hardcore it's, it's, fantasy. It's a Cuban American right, girl who becomes Stop president. Stop high fiving. There's so much shore. high fiving, bros. That was racist. Um, <laughs> Father of the Bride. They're doing that into a okay. into a show. If it has okay. Marty and Martin. <laughs> um, they're doing a, a high fidelity. Just a spinoff about Martin Short's so high school musical. <laughs> they're doing a high school musical series. Yeah. A Honey, I Shrunk the Kids series. Uh, wow, that's interesting. Man. Lady and the Tramp live action. Yeah. Dude, you're that burying looks, the lead. That, Phineas and Ferb movies. Come on. I'm getting the... to this. I've, I'm only at like, I'm on one-tenth of the way through the list. Yeah. Um, that looked just gaunt. That looked like a bit. The Lady and the Tramp live action yeah, looked like a that doesn't fake. That exist. Like, it looked like a, when this thing came out, and it was like, yeah. here's first look at Disney Plus, right. and it had that. I was like, this right. is fake. It's like, yeah, it's like <laughs> Beverly Hills Chihuahua level yeah. stuff. We don't need that. Waiting in the Tramp. Um, Love, Simon is being remade into a series. Oh, okay. That's a movie from 2018. I was going to say that. I mean, that has been out for eons, so yeah. we got time to reimagine it. Um, they're making a Mighty Ducks franchise into a series. In. Oh, all in, yeah. In. They're, they're doing a Monsters, Inc., yeah. Series, um, a Muppet series. Um, this one's called Noel, uh, and it's got um, Anna Kendrick as Santa Claus's daughter. It's a movie. Um, it was going to be theatrical, but they I guess they shifted it over to Disney Plus. Mm, it was gotcha. it was going to be uh, like an elf type movie. Um, the Parent Trap. Mm-hmm. They're redoing that. Does Noel get really good like um, Marriott rewards points or? <laughs> Uh, Phineas and Ferb movie, like you said. Can't wait. The Sandlot? Mm-hmm, the series, yeah. God. This, is this all sounds much. awful. Too. Yeah. I'm, Most I'm, of I'm these sound awful. Um, Sword in I mean, the Stone. They're fine. It's Three like, Men and a Baby? Why are they? <laughs> they've been talking about remaking that for years. What about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Is that, they got a series for that? Yeah. They're doing a documentary series. Ooh, this actually sounds awesome. Yeah, they're doing several Disney Plus documentary stuff. series. Behind the Scenes of Marvel. Oh, that sounds cool. Um, like I said, the back catalog, Pixar back catalog, National Geographic channel is doing a show called The World, according to Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> that's uh, going to be on there. Super pumped. And then we have 20th Century Fox's back catalog, uh, The Simpsons, Avatar, Planet of the Apes, etc. will be exclusively there. But like I said, no R-rated movies. Yeah. None of the Alien movies, Predator, Die Hard. Instead, those will go to Hulu, it says. So... Okay. That's basically the gist of uh, what we've got on the, at launch for Disney Plus yeah. or in development right now. And like I said, in two three years, this thing's going to be 
even you know twice as many shows yeah. as that. Um, but yeah, Disney is smart. They've got a ton of money. They realize that you know even putting the same price as Netflix is putting them at a disadvantage. Yeah. So they've got to be more low. enticing. Start low. Build. Yeah. And um, what they don't want probably though is is for people to cancel their cable in favor of this because of the money that they do still get from ESPN and from right. from cable service. So they're kind they're kind of like yeah, but they, if you're gonna pushing you, ESPN into an OTT yeah, if you're gonna too. cut the cord, you need to cut it and do this. I guess is what they're trying to say. Sure. Okay. All right, Brian, we'll let you get on to Hellboy Talk. Thanks, guys. Kent, you want to go ice fishing? (laughs) That sounds better than this. Yeah. um, Okay. Have fun with Ariel. And um, see you soon. All right. Bye. All right, guys. Uh, so, Kent and Richard mercifully left the room and ran away from Hellboy as fast as they could, as they and they were right to do so. Um, I am joined now. I'm here, Brian. This is Brian. I'm joined now by my friend and uh, a fellow victim of, of Hellboy, apparently, uh, Ariel from Geek 101 Podcast. What's up, Ariel? What's up, Brian? What's up, guys? Listeners? Hey, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks for helping me, uh, whatever this is going to be. I don't, I don't even, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is going to be, it's going to be a fun one, um, or the opposite of that. We're going to do, we're going to go all in on this Hellboy movie in, in a second here. And if you're one who likes the, the bad movie episodes, well, this is, this is definitely the one for you. Um, the deal is like I had seen this, uh, or I'd, I'd slated this. I put this on the schedule. We plan on doing this. I booked Ariel. We're gonna have this show, and then of course those reviews came out, and it's like, oh no, this is gonna be. Uh, to be fair, we'll we'll go over it in full detail. I'm sure in a minute, but it definitely in the last month, I think this went from a movie that I was cautiously optimistic about to one that was like clearly this all the signs are pointing the wrong way and we're in a bad spot with this and then having actually seen the movie holy cow um it's just amazing how <laughs> how bad this one is so anyway but we already had it on the slate and i'd booked you ariel so i felt like we need to go ahead and do this i i owed kent and richard one for last week i, I skipped both of our episodes so that i could go and cry uh with uh, 20,000 people, uh, 20,000 of my closest friends, I should say, um, over, over Dirk and, um, and then Texas Tech was in the, the championship, which is the, uh, was like the college that I grew up rooting for and stuff. So anyway, it was just a very busy week. So I felt like, Hey, I owe you guys one. So I'll, I'll take the bullet on this. I'll do the Hellboy and with Ariel and we'll, we'll let Kent and Richard slide. I'm going to make them see it on, uh, on demand or something when it comes out in like a week and a half, um, out of the, when it's out of theaters and, so that we can all kind of commiserate with that and it can be on their bottom 10 of the year list as well. Cause I think that that is very Oof. vital for, for the show's purposes. So we're going to do that in a second. Um, but first I wanted to, just so we have a little bit of, uh, maybe a little bit of positivity up front, something, something not, please let us all die in our movie watching this. We just can't take any more of this. Uh, let's talk Shazam for just a minute and then let's go full, full Hellboy. Um, Ariel, I haven't listened to, uh, your podcast yet on Shazam. I'm, I'm behind on all podcasts at this point, except NBA shows. That's the only thing I'm listening to right now. 
Yeah, uh, me too. This <laughs> is that's this time of year. That's the way it goes. So, t- what uh, what do you think about Shazam, and and where do you feel like we're at with uh, with the DC extended universe now? I I really enjoyed Shazam, and it's something that I'm actually glad I can say about one of these DC movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I didn't particularly enjoy Wonder Woman. I, I thought it unraveled in the third act, but. Uh, Shazam is not a um, it's not a great <clears throat> movie. It's not like a really good comic book movie, but it, it is just enjoyable enough, and it, it, it's it's an actual representation of what people say when they're like, "Oh, I had fun with it." Like it wasn't great, but I had yeah. fun with it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, and that's all it needed to be. I I think personally, sure. I think that's a good. That's very fair. Good way to put it. I I'm with you. I enjoyed. I, I think Wonder. I like Wonder Woman much more than you do. I yeah. will say I like two thirds of that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm much more likely to rewatch this. I bought Wonder Woman when it came out on disc and showed my son and we enjoyed it and it's we've we've I'm sure we've watched it a time or two since, but it's not one that I'm kind of perpetually throwing on. I do feel like there is in my, my second, third viewing, it did it did make me feel a little bit like um I was just glad that this was a competent movie, you know, compared to what we had been through previously with with DC. So I think that has some to do with the feelings yeah. towards it. But it is a very it's an incredible it's a very well made movie and it's a good movie and it's fun and all that sort of stuff. I think that Shazam, if it's not better, it definitely is one that has a little more rewatchability to it and is a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Um there were definitely some some plotting issues and some um, yeah some some lows sure. throughout and stuff. My biggest thing was, and I don't know, I, I don't think they really touched on this, and I don't think my guys did in our our episode, uh, Kent and Richard with with Batman Shane. But well, my biggest deal with it is, I have a a six year old who has had this movie advertised to him nonstop via. Um, Disney Now app and various everything. I mean, it's like every commercial break. I feel like Shazam was getting pumped into his system, and then he could not see it because it is too terrifying. And the uh, I don't know that the the it bugged me a little bit as a parent, but that's fine. Like my the movie industry does not need to cater to me as a parent. You know, yeah. as a as a film a a, a half. Uh, professional film critic or a fake professional film critic or something like that uh mark strong's character and the demons that possessed him and stuff were really really did not fit with the rest of the movie and i know there needs to be like the idea that there should be some contrast between your protagonist and antagonist is you know is not lost on me i understand that that's a well (laughs) it's a well-traveled road and i know how that works and stuff and um but i was i was bummed that the 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 seven deadly sins the the demons and stuff were so aggressively ugly and mean and kind of scary that i couldn't take my child to see a movie that really felt like more than any other i was trying to think of this more than any other comic book movie of the last decade Maybe with the exception of of uh, Spider Man Homecoming, yeah, I was uh, say that one. yeah, Shazam felt like a kids movie. It felt like a movie for um, that really, really had the spirit of um, what superhero movies and superhero comic books and all that sort of stuff were supposed to be when they, you know, when we were kids and stuff. 
and I couldn't take my son to see that because he wouldn't sleep. And then what do I do? You know, I'm a terrible parent. I'm going to talk about terrible parenting here in a minute when we get to Hellboy. But um, that that was kind of a bummer. <laughs> but more than anything, it 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 didn't fit with the rest of the film. And so it just it was such a departure from this happy go lucky fun absurd Zachary Levi was perfect in that role and it was it was a blast and then you get you cut to uh Dr. Savannah or whatever and it's just like now we're in Temple of Doom territory I mean it was really yeah, really was dark, dark and, and, and it, tough it, to it, deal with just the right. contrast contrast was was odd and off-putting at times he was like dark and it was immediate it was like you're, he gets yeah. his powers yeah and boom he is brutally evil there's, mm-hmm. and there's there's no depth to him and he's not like you can do that, like it's like an old kid show, like Mumra or something, or Skeletor. Right. But like one, you can't show him throwing mm-hmm. people out a window, and two, like you have to give him more moments of more moments where the hero gets like you know gets one up on him. Yeah. Pulls his hood over his head or something like that, sure. and you just they never at any point like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ease that tension. Yeah. It's it's it was rough. Yeah, I was I went back and forth on whether or not I was going to take Coop, um, <clears throat> excuse me, all week. And then opted not to and did the whole like, well, I'll go see it. And if I feel like you can see it, then we'll go see it again later. I think he could probably handle it on uh, on disc or on on demand or something. Yeah. Yeah. But in the theater, like immediately within the first two minutes, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't bring my kid to this. This would he would be crying right now. And so I'm glad I didn't go. But overall, I thought it was fun. I thought Zachary Levi was great. And um, I I enjoyed the movie immensely. Um, And I wish that. I would like for more DC movies to be that way. Maybe they will be moving forward. We'll see. Um, yeah. Not beginning with the Joker, probably. So we'll, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be a feel-good type movie, uh, regardless of quality. So, all right. So we, <laughs> I feel like I'm putting it off because, gosh, I don't, I don't even want to talk about this. Like, there's, over the six years that, uh, that Kent and Richard and I have been doing this show, we have, there, a few things have happened. You, one, you kind of develop a sixth sense for when a movie's going to be terrible, um, and when a movie's going to tank and that kind of thing. You you see, you can kind of pick up on it um, early in the, uh, <laughs> I, I guess you should say, late in the production cycle and the trailers and the way that they, uh, when they release trailers, how the, what the trailers are getting, that kind of thing. You start to pick up on, oh no, this might be, this might be real bad, um, <laughs> and then. <laughs> You also get to a place where I've said timeless many, many times. Um, I want every movie to be good. And I we are pretty great about, I think, we, we give a lot of, of very good to passing grades on this show. This is not a show where we just um, constantly hate on one movie after another, despite <laughs> what reputation may be at times. But that's not really <laughs> what we do. Um, but I... If every I would prefer if a movie's not going to be great or really good, I would kind of prefer it to just be really bad because it is more to talk about. And sometimes those movies can be fun. Now you see me as a great example. We've gotten so much legs out of that movie that is, I mean, it's six years old now almost, and it's such a throwaway, stupid, who cares movie. And we've continued to beat the dead horse and beat it into the ground because it is as terrible as it is. At least Richard and I, I think, um, have enjoyed mocking it um, because of its its just foolishness and its stupidity. It's that kind of movie. And then there are the type of movie that are so bad that 
you never want to talk about them or see them again or think about them again or anything like that. And I, unfortunately, I think that, that Hellboy is, is, <laughs> falls into that category. It's not one that I walked out of texting my friends like Jupiter Ascending where I said, hey, you guys all have to go see this so we can talk about how terrible this movie is. It was kind of the opposite. It was uh, texting my friends that I knew had like kind of a passing interest and in be like, hey, um, don't see this. Don't put your money into this movie because it's just, it's just horrendous. And I think I messaged you during the movie and I said, I think this might be the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, and I may, <laughs> we're going to see how the conversation goes, Ariel, but I, I might hold to that when the grades come, come down at the end. This is a friggin' train wreck, man. So I know um, Kent and Batman Shane did a, a Hellboy from uh, 2004 retrospective on the, on the VIP feed at the end of last week. I wasn't in on that uh, episode, obviously, and uh, I miss, missed uh, everything last week. I think Hellboy's fun. I both of those those uh, Del Toro movies, I think have a, an air of fun. I think Perlman's great. Um, I kind of like the world, but I you know I I tend to anybody who's listened to the show knows I I tend to kind of there's a certain point in which I kind of exit the train with Del Toro of like this has gone beyond what I really enjoy and kind of gotten it's gotten a little too che- a little too campy a little too cheesy. And uh, the second one, especially, I think really falls into that. But I feel like, and then I want to get your um, kind of your thoughts on Hellboy as a, um, I don't know, as a as a, a, a universe or a character or whatever. Um, I feel like this is a, I still feel like this is a world that is kind of ripe for plucking and could make good movies. And yet we're kind of, uh, I wouldn't say we're 0 for 3 by any means, but I don't think we've gotten it right, and I'm not sure how many more times we can keep going back to the well, especially given um, how just genuinely atrocious this movie is. So, uh, But I want to get your yeah. thoughts. Tell me, give me your kind of background on this franchise, I guess, and then let's stock uh, specifics on Hellboy 2019. Okay, well, I mean... My introduction to the character was the movie. I was about, I don't know, 13, 14 when it came out. The first one, mm-hmm. obviously, in, in 04 with Perlman and, and Del Toro. Since then, I've read a few of the comics. Um, the artist and creator, Mike Mignola, is is like really, he's, he's kind of like a, um, he's kind of like a cult, cult classic of comic book, you know, legends. Mm-hmm. For for lack of a better word, you know, a lot of people know who like Jim Lee is and, and, and Chris Claremont or or George Perez is that guy who does all those old like Justice League stuff. And and even if you don't know the names, you know his work. But Mignola is a guy where it's like, hey, he's famous for Hellboy. He's a very specific style. He has a very specific storytelling style, too, where um, most of the Hellboy comic books are like super noir pulp detective stories. Mm, OK, with. But instead of like, you know, pulp nor detective themes, it's, hey, uh, I'm a demon and I'm hunting devils and monsters and werewolves and vampires and stuff. And it's really fun and it can be really dry. And so when you get, um, and so that's like really what the character is. And I, I really enjoyed a lot of artists um, take great care with either like emulating Mignola's style or drawing Hellboy because like he, well, you know, he's still alive. He's, he's retired pretty much. Um, but they're just like, he's such a revered character or character 
person and the character is very revered that like a lot of comic book artists and writers like really treat it with respect mm. and it's just weird that like they haven't they just haven't like looked at the books okay and and translated it properly mm. um and so i have like my perfect comparison for the movie which we'll get into later but like i i really like hellboy I, conceptually yeah the whole monsters and demons and vampires and stuff that's like some of my favorite favorite things and if you can get a great movie like that, um, I'm all in. Which is why, I like Supernatural, you know, it's like 13 seasons long, and sure. I've at least seen at least 12 of them. Uh, so I'm in on that. And so this movie should be like one of my top 10 favorite things ever. And the fact that they haven't nailed it mm-hmm. means it's not, mm-hmm. which is frustrating. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't, you know, I have no background with the comics at all. Um, but I do. I really think. You know, I rewatched uh, Hellboy and, and Golden Army or whatever um, last week or week before to kind of prep for the episode that I ultimately wasn't on. But and I I hadn't seen them in several years. I like this world a lot, and I think the origin of this character is very interesting. I think there's a lot that can be done, and I was optimistic about this. I don't know about about you. I look see, here's yeah, here's I was the super thing. Optimistic. Yeah, this is what. This happens about once a year, maybe twice. I don't know. I don't want to. This is not a toot my own horn. It's a. It's truly. I'm a dork, and we've been doing this for 500 episodes, and so you kind of you just find the patterns and you know what to do. But I typically can have a good feel for a movie, especially a blockbuster type uh, superhero-y kind of movie. I can pick those things out very easily, pretty early. Of like, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Passing something, you know, just a general ballpark. Is this going to be something that's going to succeed? Hellboy fooled me big time. And that again, that happens like maybe once or twice a year. Because I picked this movie in our dumb uh, movie draft for this year. Oh, it was my last pick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to kill me. And look, it was my last pick, so there wasn't a lot left on the table and stuff. But still, I it shocks me. Um, a, if, if we would have done our draft maybe two weeks later, I think I would have been able to kind of read the tea leaves a little bit. But... People were so pumped for the movie when it was announced, number one, for David Harbour's casting, number two. And then number three, when those posters and the stills and stuff started dropping, man, people were super into it. And so it tricked me into believing that this was going to be good, maybe even more so that people were going to be invested in it and that uh, people were going to care, <laughs> you know, when it actually right. came out. You can, for the summer movie or for the movie draft purposes, you can take a movie that doesn't do particularly well critically if it also makes a ton of money on a decent budget. And that's what I thought I was getting with this. I didn't think it was going to be 95% on Rotten Tomatoes and $400 million, but I thought this might make $150 million on a pretty small budget and, and do okay. That That was my... Thing. I just thought people were were into this much more so than it turns out that uh, that they are box office wise and um, critically. So let's okay. I th- maybe we put it off long enough. Let's 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 kind of uh, jump into this here. Um. Well, dude, I <laughs> it was I about five minutes, maybe five minutes into the movie, I was like, oh no, this has gone off the rails. Very poorly, um, big time, just big time. I thought, I thought the intro was very bad. Um, I I want to say too, we're gonna. I don't I don't think we need to be precious about spoilers on this because nobody no. saw it at all. And um, if you're listening to this, you either are here to hear us talk about a bad movie or you have already seen Hellboy. I don't think there's any 
in between. We're not going to sell you on going to see Hellboy next mm-hmm. weekend or something. So I'm not going to be precious about it. If that bothers you, you can you know turn off and come back when after you've seen the movie. Um, <laughs> King Arthur doesn't need to be in this movie. Um, that's a real. <laughs> It's like 2015 oh, all over again. Man, what was what was that year? Is that was that the year? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it's look. This is. <laughs> I just I'm almost <laughs> at a loss for words. I'm sorry. This is not very professional. But we don't. That didn't need to exist. That didn't need to be part of this movie. We don't need to have a lineage between Hellboy and King Arthur. Um, there, there's only one thing. One, uh, I, I hesitate to even call it a pop cultural entity, but that's what I'll say just for the sake of this conversation. There's only one pop cultural uh, uh, novelty that is, that is a bigger beat down to me and, an, and a <laughs> just an easier, oh, we'll tie this in sort of thing, and that's JFK. It seems like every, mm. every movie, book, TV show that touches on anything resembling science fiction will inevitably tie into JFK somehow. There'll be a global conspiracy or somebody goes back in time to either prevent the assassination or do the assassination of jay it's just it's exhausted and we're tired of it and we need a, a full-on break from anything jfk related and i think king arthur is the same way we gotta stop doing this it's not so that that set me off on the wrong page immediately um i knew this was r-rated obviously and i knew that it was going to be have a harder edge than either of the previous hellboy movies and that's fine i have no problem with that I was not, I guess I wasn't prepared for the sheer amount of gore and schlock and just over the top, um, crazy blood spurting everywhere kind of violence, beginning with some witch we got to cut her head off and put her head still talking in a box and carry it off into the four corners of the world. <laughs> um, look, man, not a great start for me. <laughs> I want to get your, uh, your take on this. I will say, I may have been influenced in all of this by the fact that there was a four-year-old sitting like two rows from me. When I walked into the theater, there was a a, a, a couple with the with a very small child, but not small enough to not be terrified by this. You know, like it, if it would have been much better if it was a baby. But I, all I could think of, man, mm. this four-year-old is seeing this, and that was that was terrible. So that may have jaded some of my some of my experience here, but. I don't. Do I even need to ask? Is this part of the comics? Is that something? Is that coming from the source material that we have to tie into King Arthur? Or is that totally just being okay. <laughs> brought to the table ex- here? I, yeah, I've done some research. I have an explanation. Okay. Uh, Hellboy came out twenty five years ago. Mm-hmm. All right, Hellboy number one um, comic. The, the The book was called Seed of Destruction. Whatever came out twenty five years ago. The storyline that introduces the Excalibur lineage of King Arthur origin of Hellboy parent stuff mm-hmm. came out in 2010. Ooh, okay. So it's like after you've like, you know, you've had 20 something years of this character, all these kooky things, you're finishing it up soon. And like that story ends with like Hellboy dead and like in hell back mm-hmm. in hell. Okay. Um, and it's obviously told in a very different way. Like, that's fine. You're deep into the history. You're adding things on. But, like, imagine like in, imagine not knowing anything about Hellboy coming into this movie. And yeah. they're like, hey, he is King Arthur's great, great <laughs> grandson. Right, right. And it's just like, it, it's, not, it's not where you do it, right? It's like, yeah. 
Okay, so I'm going to give you my perfect comparison for this movie. It's a comic book movie. It's arguably the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it's Batman v Superman. Yeah. Okay. This is the Batman v Superman of indie comic book movies. Right. They are taking source material and having it not make any sense in its context. Uh, they're taking stories that should not be done in this order. Yeah. Okay. They're they're yes. doing they're doing a doomsday story before Superman has to before Superman has established himself as a hero. Mm-hmm. So Hellboy. Um. So what they're doing is they're they're giving you this like super veteran Hellboy who, who is like famous and, and villains are coming after him and and he has this great reputation even though he's an idiot. Um, in this movie, <laughs> yeah, and then like, and they're doing all of these things, and they're starting from step nine, mm-hmm. and not step one or two. Um, and you know, Star Wars famously said, "Hey, we're gonna start from episode four. You're in the meat of the story." Um, but this, <laughs> it's like starting from Star Wars episode. Like, imagine watching episode, like, imagine watching just Attack of the Clones. Yeah, sure, right. Like, that's what this feels like, and it's just so weird. So that's the that's the context to that. Um, great. Like, help, help, <laughs> like it just doesn't make any yeah. sense. It, it, the 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 movie has good actors, uh, clearly with Daniel Day Kim mm-hmm. and David Harbour and uh, I, I'm Ian McShane. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Mila Jovovich is at the very least incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and can say lines when <laughs> they're given to her by professional writers and not whatever happened here. Yeah. Um, it has pop culture. It has. <laughs> great references it, uh, i mean it has good ideas even mm-hmm. i would really go far to say and and then really just it's just a terrible script with a terrible execution and terrible acting because everything else about the film was terrible yeah i think you're i think you're right so we go from i'm not going to go point by point through the movie um i just more than anything i just want to talk about some of the just bewildering decisions that were made but you're you're right so that scene starts out so we get the king arthur thing and I thought, all right, that was very bad. However, I know how I know the beats of a movie. I know how this works. This is going to be sort of the background story that will come to fruition at the end. And if that's the case, then we can we can salvage this movie if the A story works and if the characters uh, enjoyable and fun to watch and if we do a good job with character. So I'm like. I'm I'm very not happy with that opening scene and then but I'm kind of like all right but we can we can figure this out and then they cut to oh man the, that first scene with Hellboy and the uh former agent who's been turned into a vampire in the uh in the wrestling ring and Ugh. that's an atro- it's an atrocious scene and it there's a million points of exposition in it. You know, I mean, he literally says, well, I'm down here in Mexico looking for agent Salazar who disappeared three weeks ago. As you remember, dad, you know, I mean, that's, and then he repeats it again yes, when he me- yes. meets up with Salazar. And look, these are things that I don't want to get too deep into the weeds of, of the filmmaking thing. Like if you don't pick up on these things, that's okay. And I, I don't, I don't want to be pretentious film nerd. I'm just mean to say, when you see things like that happen, when you hear those things, when you when you pick up on those little notes, it it really sets off the radar of this was not a this was not a well run production. Somewhere in the in mm. the line, we kind of missed the mark here, 
and it just i don't know it, it nothing else it's like it's like a spidey sense you know that that kicks off for for us for 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 film nerds for podcasters stuff like that even if it's not picking up for for made audiences but i do think this is a movie that really needed to get some of those details right for well for a lot of reasons number one you know the first two movies didn't make a ton of money they did fine especially the second one did okay but if you really want to launch this out this is a this is a franchise or a, a property that has a lot of fans and it's possible that you can really tap into that but i do think it's a smart fan base and you if you're going to kind of come in and make this movie i feel like you need to get some of those details right i think you you can make yeah. a batman movie tomorrow uh you and i you and i could could uh walk out onto uh the streets of new jersey and shoot a batman where movie where gotham city is originally located <laughs> go on yeah <laughs> go on i love it and uh, and get borrow some professional equipment. We and if we got a cast, if we got actors, and we had Warner Brothers backing us, we could make a movie that makes three hundred million dollars and be mm-hmm. it'd be terrible. It doesn't matter. Um, we could make that happen because people will go see a the the average person will go see a, a Batman movie. The average person is going to go see a Hellboy movie when somebody who watched the Hellboy movie tells them, "Hey, the Hellboy movie is really good." And exactly, maybe yeah. if when they see when they're watching NBA games all day long and the Hellboy trailer comes on for a month and by the time it actually comes out, they're like, fine, I'll go see Hellboy. Um, those things didn't happen. So when you start off with these terrible scripting spots and and really bad delivery, I love David Harbour. I think I think um, well, hey, he's he's incredible on on Stranger Things and I am always fascinated by the uh the character actor who kind of becomes a star later in life you know i love that i'm I'm rooting for the uh the john ham effect uh to happen with david harbour because he's a he's a very compelling actor and uh, a lot of fun to watch on screen he's not good in this movie at all i'll defend the the casting of him all day long and it may be five percent his fault and 95 percent of the fault of the director and screenwriter but he's not good in this and the delivery on these lines early on just really drive home the point of oh no this is within 10 minutes for me at least dude and i want to i'll get you i thought oh we're in for this is going to be terrible like i'm i'm fully past the king arthur stuff that first sequence with him in the ring and how um campy it is but it's not even fun camp it's just b-movie schlock and it's not even visually interesting like yes the, gosh. Like the old like charlie hunnam king arthur yes. introduction is like that's at least visually interesting mm-hmm. this one is just like bland yeah. and boring and and like if you're gonna like part of the hellboy part of the del toro experience about it and the you know the comic book one is just like everyone just looks so cool mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. even if the movie's terrible, you're just like, man, but it looked so cool. Yeah. <laughs> this looks terrible. Yeah, how do you think let's touch on that. How do you feel how do you feel Hellboy looks? How do you feel about the the look, the aesthetic and all that of of David Harbour's Hellboy? I so Hellboy, like if you Google the picture of him, he is so like square jaw plain faced. And it's part of his comic book charm that he's drawn this way. Um, and they just made him so ugly. Yeah, like I agree. Why just give him his normal face? It, it it's so baffling. The hair is so ugly that they don't have like the bald head and the top knot. Um, that makes 
uh, what's his name's Hellboy looks so good. Perlman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perlman's Hellboy looks so like smooth. Yeah. Um, it makes the hair like we have this like this ugly, messy hairdo. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just I couldn't understand it. Um, Hellboy should be like you should. See, Hellboy should seem like he looks like a linebacker, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it like a linebacker like with shoulder pads. I right. think that's how you put him on screen, and and they don't really want to do that for some weird reason. So he looks. Um, so like when you have like the neck makeup and you have the horns on the head that elongate his head, he just doesn't look yeah proportion. You make him look like the Hulk for all I care. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's not, and he's not like David Harbour. I, I don't know how tall I'm look up how tall he is. Um, but like Hellboy should be massive. Like he should be a huge like oh david harbour's six three but he they don't yeah they don't the film him that way terrible i agree yeah. yeah yeah like film him like you're filming tom cruise like, <laughs> like you need to make him look taller sure. Sure. um so yeah it's just like i'm looking at pictures of david harbour and if they had just give him his regular old smoothed out face it would have looked way better mm-hmm. yeah yeah it felt like so i didn't think he looked great in the trailers or the uh or the stills and stuff but sometimes that plays differently in the movie that first scene, I was like, "Oh no, we're this is this is the final look. This wasn't the hey, we're still working on it, guys. It's this is really yeah. what we went with, and it it doesn't yeah. look good. I don't care about his, uh, I don't care about his appearance as related to the comics, you know, because I'm not coming from it from a comic perspective. But I do think that was something you probably want to get right because again, it's a it's a mark. You're you're really aiming at a target audience, and it it kind of feels like going two extremes to um to kind of alienate that that group of people which is great not not exactly what uh not exactly what you're looking for you know we go from there the the sequence with the the vampire guy and then we get the introduction to his father Ian McShane and then we're very quickly like oh now you got to go fight um giants with the british version of of us um <laughs> And then that's, gosh, that's, it was, that was bad. So much exposition, dude. It was all exposition. So, and that's part of the problem here is, I keep saying this is part of the problem. There are so many problems, there are so many problems with this movie. Uh, This should be taught in class, in screenwriting classes of how to not, how to not write a script. I think they took for granted. It's like a simultaneous thing of um, sort of uh, alienating the, the niche group of people who really i think would want to go see the, who are pumped for a hellboy movie and then also subsequently um <laughs> making sure that anyone who doesn't have any real attachment to this or maybe he doesn't even seen these movies because it's not like golden army came out last week and made a ton of money you know i mean that was right. that's 11 years ago and um and and hellboy was was uh 15 years ago and it's not i don't think that this has so much cultural sway that you can just step right in and be like, oh, you guys remember this movie? Well, here we go. And so you have this kind of back and forth between... I, I think if nothing else, dude, if nothing else, if, if, um, if, if the studio gave you and I control over this movie, the, if we couldn't do anything else, what I think we could do is rearrange the cut to deliver it in a, a little bit more of a linear fashion to where you get an introduction to character to Hellboy the character earlier to where you get some of the backstories on these things because it is perpetually being told in the wrong order. You have things like 
Oh, what's the character's name? Alice, the girl um, who shows oh, up. Oh, yeah. About You're halfway like, through. Yeah. Yeah, halfway through. And she's a major character. Major character. And even when, even, <laughs> even with her introduction coming that late in the movie, you still don't know what sort of tie she has to Hellboy at all. Like, it's not explained at all. They just start talking. They just start uh, going into a conversation. Um, <laughs> about something that we don't know what we don't know what has happened. We don't understand how they're connected. We don't understand um what the the pull is for these people or how they're really just having a conversation where the audience can't possibly have a clue of what's happening. And then it's another 20 or 30 minutes later before you get the reasoning behind that. And then that is a major plot point that has a lot to do with what is happening in this movie and it comes out yep. 90 minutes into the movie and it's not like it's some big reveal it's just poorly planned that's it's that's all it is there's no it's not like the m night Shyamalan did or something you know it's it's just (laughs) just really poorly put together i'm looking for this that i'm looking for her in the cast list and i can't i cannot find her because even the cast list is a mess um so but you have so you have all the hellboy stuff the the whole i'm gonna go hunt the giants with the brits that feels very false and of course turns out to be very false um is intercut with the creature guy trying to reassemble the body parts of Mila Jovovich's character who is uh Nemu the blood queen um that <laughs> was horrific um on every just on every level dude like the that <laughs> the pig creature I wish I had names on all these people. Um, the <laughs> the sound mix is the worst sound mix that I've oh, ever had. Couldn't in a movie. A I couldn't hear a thing. single thing that was happening. I couldn't understand dialogue. I couldn't understand um, what anything. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing came across. <laughs> and it's a theater that I see most of my movies in. So it wasn't the theater. You know, it's it. Right. It was it was the film mix, the sound mix on this. It was just. I mean, we get we like to joke about how bad the the mix is on like Bane's voice and Dark Knight Rises as well. Um this is what actual bad sound mix sounds like. It was just um painful. Painful so I could I could, genuinely could not understand what was being said on screen most of the time, which is pretty important in a movie that's mostly like goblins and stuff talking to each other, you know? It's not like <laughs> it's not like you're just he- overhearing a regular conversation. It's a lot of uh, swords and sorcery. Right, you need and... <laughs> to know what's happening. Yeah. Like you yeah. need to know who these are and what to right. what to know about who. Right. Imagine watching Harry Potter and you can't hear Hagrid's voice as he's talking to Harry in the in uh, Sorcerer's <laughs> Stone about all of the thing. Like here's Diagon Alley, except it's all muffled and and covered up by a pulsating metal soundtrack. Um, which we got to talk about that in a minute as well. Could gracious good gracious but all the intercut with the pig guy is super bad even for a bad movie it's it stands out as as super bad and then you get a cut of like now it's time for the uh the british seer to explain to help now we're gonna get the origin of hellboy an hour into the movie 45 minutes into the movie i don't know like way way far way far in and even like an hour yeah and even that is convoluted by this was maybe my favorite part of the movie in terms of what just what are we doing here man so we cut to that scene where 
the Rasputin character is is bringing something from the depths, which I know because I watched Hellboy two weeks ago. You know, so right, I understood one, what was yeah. happening there. One of the few moments. But if you don't, <laughs> yeah, there's no explanation right. that makes any sense there to me, at least that I could hear um, or or understand. <laughs> this killed me, dude. Like I, there were seven people in my theater, including a four year old, and I. I laughed out loud at this because it was so absurd. <laughs> when Lobster Johnson, famed Nazi killer, shows up and starts just blowing people away. And I'm like, is that, is that Thomas Hayden Church? Is that what's happening yeah, here? Is that, that Lowell cracked me up. from Wings? <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Did he not learn his lesson from Spider-Man 3? I guess not. Um, Lobster Johnson pops in and just starts... <laughs> Starts blowing away Nazis. My my point is, so we get the origin there at 45 minutes in or so, an hour maybe. By that point, you're out, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I would have left if we weren't doing this show, for real. I would, and I never, I never, <laughs> ever, ever walk out of a movie. This was so bad that I was just like, I would rather go back to work. Like, I would rather go work Oof. than I would see, to continue to watch this movie. Um, Can you... <laughs> What are some of the things that jump out to you as a in terms of the just ridiculous nature of the way this movie is put together? I just just mean the pieces, the puzzle pieces that are put together on this script. Can you? Is there anything that makes sense to you on that front? No, it, it it's really just this like crazy uh, inconsistent mishmash, and, and and I think it's important to inform the listeners that the rap. Which is a a news site um, reported that uh, the director Neil Marshall, like pretty much, he shot like the first cut of the film, and then the film was taken away from him by the producers. Mm. And so the producers, there are sixteen credited producers. There are two of them specifically, um, who like just kept taking over Mm. parts of this movie. So. The first thing they did apparently was take they fired Marshall's cinematographer, and it was weird because Neil Neil Marshall is a horror director, yeah. and this movie was not as scary as Shazam. Yeah, um, and gross. If you're make this it was gross R, to look at, but it wasn't right. scary at all. Yeah, right. Like this could have been frightening at times, and it should have been frightening at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were just they like they they just said they just. They hired this director, they allowed him to shoot the first cut, and then they didn't let him do a single thing after that. So the pacing, the editing, Jeez. the music choices, the cinematography, almost like the sound mixing, sound editing, that was not Neil Marshall. That was the producers taking over the film. I Neil Marshall doesn't have a great track record, right. but I've watched The Descent, and that movie is short to the point mm-hmm. and frightening. And that like that's what this movie should be. It should be short to the point and frightening um, based on what we got, you know, what we saw. So it's just, it is so, it's just another one of those things where it's like, we'll never know what Neil Marshall's movie would have looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm reading this thing. It says they interrupted him frequently on set while he is directing and speaking to actors. So anytime you see David Harbour, Mila Jovovich, Ian McShane r- ringing something in, that's probably because mm-hmm. these producers just kept going in and just ruining the film. Sure. It looks like uh script was rewritten throughout production. Yeah. It was rewritten to give Ian McShane more things to do. Um, 
Yeah, so what it seems like here, um, because you're right, Neil Marshall doesn't have a great track record, at least with movies. It seems there's a lot happening here, and we see this happening more and more with, with these movies, and we we need to stop doing this. Disney is one of the great violators of this as well. If you're going to have the faith to hire a director to do your movie, then you need to let them do the movie. And I know there are always circumstances. Um, you know, the uh, Lord and Miller, I just think that their directing style, I think that had more to do with getting bumped off solo than the product did, right? Like that it was taking so long because of the way that they shoot film. Now, again, I would say up front, hey, you should know that and either hire them knowing that that's what it's going to be like or don't hire them because you know that's what it's going to be like. But it was right. less, it was less like, man, we're looking at these dailies and they're just terrible and more guys, we got to get this movie and them kind of bucking back against against that. But we've seen this over and over again. So look, I think Neil Marshall is probably not a good director, at least for a movie that has this sort of, this sort of prestige, I guess. Like th- I think this movie mattered more than what it ultimately will matter. And that's, or it should have mattered, excuse me, should have mattered more than it will matter. And that, that I kind of lay at the feet of Marshall. This seems like somebody who, um, is probably really it seems like somebody who who enjoys making um b horror movies b movie kind of uh stuff and was tasked with doing something that he maybe wasn't equipped to do or was really trying to do something cool and edgy and it just doesn't yeah. doesn't really yeah. work however again producers should not have hired him if they were not willing to let him make a horror movie out of hellboy and really make it a horror movie instead of this in between <laughs> hot garbage sort of thing. Right. I will say right. this. I I would say there's n- almost there's literally the pacing is horrendous. It's maybe the more the most the worst pacing we've ever seen in a movie. Um the at least a you know a, a studio movie. Um the acting's bad, the the score is bad, the music is bad, the writing is bad. Everything is bad. Um I because of that <laughs> Because almost every scene is very, very bad. I can't imagine that this would have been a good movie if Neil Marshall would have been able to just go and make the movie that he wanted to make without any studio interference. It seems like what happened is because of all this absurd involvement um, by the, the producers and the various people kind of sticking their noses in it, you took what would have just been a bad movie and turned it into an ultra bad movie through terrible choices and too many cooks in the kitchen and blah 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 yep which is you know turns out it's hard to make a movie with that many people having a hand in the process and no clear cut vision from the top um coming through everything that 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 takes place but but i i I feel like it i feel like there's gonna be a certain segment of probably of the horror movie fan popular the genre population that will say well Neil Marshall didn't get a fair shake because they, you know, they cut him out of the of the process and they cut up his movie and blah blah blah. And that's that is a fair criticism. However, there's nothing in this movie that is good. There's nothing. And so it's very hard right. for me to be right. like, well, I can kind of see how if this would have been we could have recut this and made it better, but we could not recut this and make it good. There's no there's no way. Not with what's on yeah. it. You would have had to reshoot 90% of this, do recast, get a complete rewrite. I mean, everything. Everything in this movie is exceptionally bad. Like, epically, historically bad to me. 
the the only thing that I could really say is good is some of the ideas behind yes. yeah. what they're trying to do. Um but even then, like it's just at that point you just make a new movie mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and take those very you know, very specific ideas. Yeah. Um, and I know at this point, like I remember about 30 minutes in, I'm like, you know, there's like two really good ideas in this film. And I, for the life of me, <laughs> cannot remember them. I just like, I can't, I'm trying sure. to think as hard as I can. I'm like, wow, what did I say was a good idea? Uh, the, I think one of the Merlin, great probably this- Merlin. That was a good, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, one of the uh i see like i'm just now i'm just like going back to the king arthur well like why why do that why intersplice this with other pop culture even if it's historical yeah when you just you need to establish this character mm-hmm. and what he does mm-hmm. um i like the idea of a hellboy in his prime super good at his job and everyone like all the monsters hate him mm-hmm. right yeah sure um like that's good. Like I, I love that he just like walks out in the open. He just doesn't care because it was such a like it was such a chore to get through those parts in the first two Hellboy yeah, movies. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, it's just I, I don't mm-hmm. like. It's really frustrating to look at this as somebody who's a fan of Hellboy, who's a fan of these types of I don't want to say types of movies. The subject matter yeah. is a better, better way, and it's just like man, like I, I like you and I could literally make a better mm-hmm. movie than this sure. and it's and it's yeah. i should be the one watching this and telling all my friends hey go watch hellboy mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so i i i, I want to get away from like saying you should do this instead but this would be so bad i'm gonna do it anyway hellboy should be treated the, the character the character should be treated like john wick mm-hmm. where okay. yeah i'm in sto- that sounds like, great the, let's do that right like yeah. the, there's no like here's this very simple background. Hey, I'm supposed to be the devil, but I'm working for the good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I never have to explain my reputation, and everybody, every monster I come across knows I am not to be messed with. Yeah. And so the whole movie, you, you, everybody talks about how great Hellboy is. He has a lot of dry jokes. He has a lot of, um, like the like noir moments here and there. But ultimately, it's a monsters and supernatural version of Hellboy just, you know, kicking butt and taking names mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. You know, he, he he faces down a big bad. He does this crazy big action set piece that doesn't, you know, that uh, just I don't care about these crazy stories. Just give me a Hellboy that yeah. is like high on action, is high on reputation. Totally agree with you. I just, I like I said at the outset, I think that this is a... I still think this is a valid property for film. Yes. Yeah. Even even this iteration of it can still be mm-hmm. fixed. But there's, boy, you need somebody at the helm. Who knows what they're doing? You probably need a studio at the helm that knows what they're doing. You've got to get a better script. Um, and I mean, look, <laughs> like there are writers in Hollywood who can fart out a better script. I mean, this is just... This is one of the worst. This truly, 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 it's one of the oh, worst scripts awful. I've ever seen put to screen. I mean, it's it's a it's an embarrassment. It's, awful. it's an embarrassment. Yeah. It's really, really bad. And I, I, you know, I wish that I had the talent to write a screenplay. So what do I? What do I know compared to these? People? Oh, no, I can tell you, we can write a screenplay <laughs> better than this. I can tell you, I can. We can take like it's like, hey, we want Mila Jovovich as like a blood queen. Yeah. 
and and I'd be like, you know what? That's a great idea. She's this vampire blood queen who's obsessed with Hellboy because he's royalty and she's royalty. Mm-hmm. None of this King Arthur. Oh, none of this nonsense. She just she wants to make vampires and make Hellboy her mate. Like mm-hmm. that's a simple story that you can put on screen and have David Harbour show up yeah. and beat the crap out of giant bats and vampires. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I would have paid to watch yeah. that movie three times over. Yeah. And instead, you just get this boy. I know we we both mentioned the pacing. The last, because again, you don't get, you really truly do not get the two main characters in this movie outside of Hellboy himself are uh, are Alice and Daniel Day Kim's character, who's Daimyo. Name, yeah, Daimyo. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're not in the movie until the last hour, and then you have this very forced introduction to both of them. The last 45 minutes or so. Um, there is, you go from, you go from a, from a, a first two acts that is, that are so heavy on needless exposition so that we can cram in stories that don't, that have no bearing on any of this or anything that we need (laughs) and told in the most mismatched crisscross fashion that you could possibly think of. And then you get into third act and it really genuinely felt like. Um, it, it felt like the the director or the producers, as it as it were, at this point was just like, oh crap, we have like eighty pages, we still got to get through, guys. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta get this going, and it just because then it moves at a breakneck speed with a dozen scene changes mixed in there, and it's not like a simple scene. It's not like they're like moving from San Francisco to London or something. It's like. You know, now they're in the dream world with Baba Yaga, and now, the, now they're over here in this weird. It, it's just, it's too much. It's, it's way they're on the hill where um, this the witch was killed originally, and now, oh, b- by the way, here's her sister, which is they're still around. I, I don't know, and um, it just, it is such. There's no scene shifting that that of of at all. It just goes from one. It's literally it's bounce to bounce to bounce. The resurrection yeah. of Merlin is one of the most off-putting like wait what what are we doing here sort of thing again mixed with the i let's can't, just go over here yeah it's exactly yeah. what it is and i can't hear any of the words that are being said on screen and so it's it took me five minutes to figure out wait is okay so that's merlin okay uh, why wait what why why are we resurrecting merlin at this point like this is way too late in the movie to be pointing this sort of thing it's it's one and then thing he's gone. Out, and then he's gone he just <laughs> vanishes into skeleton dust and becomes a moth that flies away but we get 45 seconds on the on the freaking moth i I mean it's it really started there's a certain point where you started to feel like is he doing this on purpose like is he is is neil marshall trying to make everybody mad and of course again i understand all the producer influence so who knows who actually cut this who made this who made this scene is probably not the same person who finished uh the scene before that or stuff but it doesn't really matter it's a train wreck on that side of things. And if you were sitting there being thinking, this isn't great, but I'm, you know, I really want this character to work. I like David Harbor. I, I kind of, oh, I'm going to fight through some of this stuff. You get to that point. And it's just like, well, I, I got nothing, man. I got nothing for you. I can't, I can't defend anything no, that, right. that's happening in this. It's just flipping terrible. And then you get to the, the sort of the end here. I want to be done with this. Gosh, I want to be done with this. Um, you get to the end uh the blood the blood queen kills the pig creature 
out of nowhere. I still don't know what that was about. That was again, I genuinely could not hear anything that was happening. Um, and she just kind of wasn't even a good like monster fight. No, no, not at all, not at all. Even with, by the way, Daniel Day Kim is a leopard monster thing. So, um, which was very reminiscent of uh, the Mummy with uh, Doctor Jekyll and, and Mister Hyde with Russell Crowe's things on that's 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 what you want you want to be similar to the mummy that's always good i i see like i don't mind that because like he's like a like a special agent in charge of this division sure and like but like the problem is is that there's a billion other things that and it comes out of nowhere and it's like oh yeah by the way hey you're a leopard (laughs) you know like oh cool i gotta i gotta do this now oh man and then you have these monsters coming that the sequence with the monsters coming up from the depths of hell and wreaking havoc on london looks awful um, feels awful. It's just a really, I know that this is not my type of movie and I can usually kind of step out of, I, I can usually allow that to just exist, you know, to just be like, this isn't for me, but it is for genre fans. So it's fine, whatever. I don't like it, but I'm out. That one, it, that whole sequence is so disturbingly mean spirited, but not even in a scary way. It's just straight. I mean, it's, 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 it's death porn. You know, we always talk about, uh, exactly uh what it is, the, yeah. um, oh, what did we, what did we get upset about with Marvel movies back in the, uh, the, uh, explosion porn or whatever with, with, yeah, um, yeah. Cool guys don't watch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That kind of it's, and, and we've got to, we have to send a comet to, or a, a meteorite to kill 1.5 billion people or things like that every single every single time that's what this was just on a smaller scale which is way way worse way worse and way grosser i mean you literally have this monster thing ripping a person apart from his limbs it just again that's not my thing if it's your thing i guess that's okay but it doesn't have any purpose within the scope of this movie it just is a thing that happens to kind of solidify one more time that this is a horribly made film from start to finish and Really, if you weren't feeling at that point, really bring it home. That it reminded me, man, of, and then we're done. We can we can be done with this. Um, <laughs> it, it it reminded me of like, and Mila Jovovich didn't help on this front because I feel like <laughs> she's somebody. Her and uh, was the girl from from Transformers Three, Christina Locken or Christiana Locken, I think is her name. Um, I have no idea. She's in like the Blood Rain movies, maybe and. Oh. Um, oh, from Terminator 3? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah uh, Christiana L- Loken, or Loken, I'm not sure which. I'm sorry. She was on Boy Meets World once upon a time. Um, but it reminded me of those movies. And then I was like, this is basically an Uwe Boll movie. That's what we've resorted to. We've taken Hellboy, and we've turned it into an Uwe Boll movie. And honestly, Uwe Boll was probably sitting there like, this is a piece of crap. Like, it's so bad <laughs> that even the master of crap movies has got to be thinking, this is embarrassing for me. Like, I can't, I, this is, it's so bad. It just, it started to feel like one of those movies that, um, if you go to Redbox and they're out of all the movies you want to see, and then they have four of these $200,000 small budget gross out horror movies sitting there, and you're like, I guess that's what we could go with. That's what it felt like. And then I was mad because it's like I didn't know that I cared about Hellboy until the end of this movie, and I'm like, y'all really did Hellboy wrong. That was a really atrocious way to yeah. uh, to spend your your Hellboy opportunity like that. So <clears throat> this movie reminds me most. I, I know, remind, like I said, Batman v Superman, but like what this act this movie is actually like um, is like Van Helsing, yeah, with 
with uh Hugh Jackman. It's like Legion with Paul Bettany, mm-hmm. um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, yes. which is the best yes. bad movie ever made. <laughs> See, but that's like dumb, enjoyable, and this is yes. this has none of that fun. I agree with you, hundred um, percent agree with you. So, that was the, one of the first so like, movies that jumped to mind was <sighs> League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, except four hundred times worse. Right, like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you watch and you're like, oh, this is so awful. I can't take my eyes mm-hmm. off the screen. Mm-hmm. This is just so awful. Can I just leave? Uh, this is this is like Van Helsing is so corny and schlocky at times yeah. that it's way more enjoyable than this. Yeah. Um, this should have been Dread. Did you watch yes, Dread uh-huh. with Carl? Absolutely. Arden? Yes. That's what this like. This should have been. Hey, this is a B plus to A minus movie. It's it, it is way better than it has any right being, and it's going to be this crazy cult classic that everyone says should have a sequel and it never will get one. That's what this movie yeah. should be, and instead, like, like those, like th- those Van Helsing, LXG, Legion movies, those have a place. I watch those on summer Sunday afternoons when it's raining, and I don't want to sure. watch something of any substance. Yeah. But like, why are we doing that to Hellboy? I agree. I totally agree. And I didn't have That's that coming in. I didn't feel that coming in at all until I watched. This. I just, I guess, I took for granted this will be competent, <clears throat> you know, un- until yeah, until the yeah. last week, and that's. It's a bummer that just basic competency um, is missing from from a movie like this. You just and also, gosh, I want to be done. I want to be done. Um, that 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 doesn't that hurts the next. I, again, I don't like horror movies. I don't care for genre films. But this has been kind of a a a um, I don't know, like a, a we're, this has been a big thing within blockbuster worlds lately or studios and stuff is like grabbing people from smaller budget horror movies and putting them in charge of of uh big budget especially superhero comic booky type movies with uh Aquaman and with uh Doctor Strange and Godzilla and stuff like that like that's that's a that's a sort of a minor leagues and I don't want to minimize what you're doing when you're making that kind of movie at all but but that gives the studio pause next time right like that's that makes yeah. it hard to get the next one when you're like yeah, but Neil Marshall had a pretty good track record with this kind of movie, and and that's that makes it hard on the on the next director trying to get trying to get work. It just it's a colossal mess up from from word one to that you can't hear to uh, to the last sequence. the The best scene in the movie to me, the by far and away the best scene in the movie was the literal last scene, which essentially is a uh, a post credit scene with the the three of them teaming up to go in, and then they they find the tank of, of Abe Sapien or whatever, which is a sequel that will never happen. So we'll never see that on screen, but that's yeah. the best scene in the movie because it, and even it wasn't good at all, but that, no. that kind of gave no. you a feel of like, what would it, what could have been if just like an eight year old, like a focus <laughs> with, oh, yeah. yeah, with Adderall was, was in the director's chair for 20 minutes. I mean, it just, what a mess up man on every, on every level. What a screw up this was. Yeah, uh, I was thinking of like, who would I want in Hellboy? If you're gonna make a movie like this, the guy, the guy who did Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, mm-hmm. like the strengths of that movie are, like his strengths, like that are in that movie are very good, and like it's not his fault that the script is 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 hot garbage. And so like if you took a decent script and put him in charge mm-hmm. with some horror moments and some really good like shots, like I'm watching the shots of like Hellboy turning into um like the Demon King, yeah. And like the way that's shot in in Del Toro's Hellboy is like masterful. Mm-hmm. When his arms are in the shackles and the horns come up, or or the moment he breaks the horns, 
like watching those two scenes is like watching a it's like watching a kid's first year at film school and then obviously watching like an Oscar winning director. It's really frustrating when you have that. Um, And especially people who are either film critics or fans will have watched the first Hellboy in the last month and a half Mm -hmm. going into Mm -hmm. this. And so that's fresh in our minds and it just makes this look so much worse. It's amateur hour. It comes off as amateur. Yes. Yeah. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. I really thought we might get 30 minutes out of this and we're over an hour. So uh, I'm done. Do you have anything else you want to add or you want to, you want to hit grades and and get out of here and never think about this again until the end of the year when we have to, when I have to do a bottom 10 of the year list. No, I'm I'm done. I just Hellboy can be done right. Yeah, and it's just this is not it. This, it's not, and that yeah, and not nece- Del Toro's necessarily wasn't it either. Right, that, those movies totally aren't perfect. Agree. Totally agree. This this makes it hard to do it again though. Um, all right, yeah. get, what's what's your grade for this? Oh, I, you know, I I, I was resisting the F <laughs> up until like the monsters come out of hell. Yeah. And then it goes to like Kent's F minus minus yeah. minus. Like it's just like there was no uh, up until then. It's just like oh, this is just a normal bad movie. I don't know why people are like this is the worst movie ever. And then that comes out, and you're like oh, the this is this is the peak of how awful this mm-hmm. is. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. It's an F. Yeah, I was in that span up until the third act for me. So the final forty five minutes or so, I was like, this is bad, but it is just run of the mill bad, not historically bad. The last forty five minutes is is, I mean. This, mm, I get a lot of crap for saying that Batman v Superman is the worst movie I've ever seen, but I do have to factor in opportunity cost. This might be the worst movie I've ever seen, seriously. It's so, so bad, and it feels like the greatest swing in the miss opportunity you have ever seen in your life. I just, I can't believe <laughs> that this is what uh, was put out for uh, for a Hellboy movie. It's just, it's embarrassing to me. But uh, anyway, so it's it's an F minus, minus, minus for me as well, and I... Like I, I tweeted, I am very certain that I have seen the worst movie that I will see in 2019, and it's only April. So I can't imagine. There's, there's no way there's going to be anything worse than this, at right, least in the mainstream let's, let's, movies. So I'm, I'm gonna let's do a really quick. <laughs> I need to, I need to know. Like I need to know. Hold on, I'm pulling up, I'm pulling up Wikipedia right now. Like this is, this was so bad. But then, like, what was worse, this or the Predator? The Predator like, going was more predator. offensive. This is a worse so, movie. That, that, that's like a tie I think this break. is a like, worse movie. Gosh. Uh, you might be right there. <laughs> you might be right. Because the, the scene in the lab yeah. in, Predator, in The Predator is like pretty good. Like, there, there's like, okay. There's a competence to... to the direction of, pre- of The Predator that there is not in this. Right. There's a base competence. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and that's due to the fact that this was put together uh-huh. in the end. Yeah. Not by the director. Sure. Um, the Dora movie. This is definitely worse than the Dora movie. No question. Yeah, but we we, we don't know that. Terminator <laughs> Dark Fate. If Terminator Dark Fate is worse than the last Terminator, which I Genesis maybe? Genesis? Genesis. I don't know. Um I would I would be shocked because that movie's terrible, but it can't be, it can't be it can't be it can't be this bad. It can't be this bad. I Okay. I have I have, I have contenders. Okay. okay. Charlie's Angels, directed by Elizabeth Banks, Oof. starring yeah, Kristen, Kristen Stewart, Stewart, Naomi Scott. I'm not looking forward to it. There's, I don't, I don't think it's worse than this. I don't think it is. Mm. Mm. Yeah. F- finally, my other contender, <laughs> okay. Cats. Okay, that's a whole different ball game. That's like another. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Those are the other ones. Okay, we'll see. We'll see at the end uh, of of 2019 if this stays. There's no way. I I can't imagine that I'm going to see something worse than this. I'm 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 actually amped up and offended by how terrible this movie is, and I sh- I didn't expect to be that way going in. Okay, this has been fun. A good therapy session, but thanks for thanks for joining me. If we're looking for you on the internet, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me uh, at Dread Pirate Rada on Twitter or my show at Geek 101 Podcast. Yes, definitely check his uh, check out Geek 101 if you haven't yet. I think you'll enjoy. You guys do a great job over there, um, and I always enjoy listening. I'm a couple ups behind, but uh, always always one that I like to put on. If you want to find more from me, you can find me at Beagle 12 on the old Twitter. You can find us at Mad About Movies on Twitter, Mad About Movies Podcast on Facebook, Mad About Movies Podcast on Instagram. Go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com for uh, more of our shows. I think our last 300 or so episodes are actually on iTunes, and we are just Oof. about at 500 now. 500th episode will be next week. So we recorded that yesterday, all got together in a room, and uh, had a blast doing that. So be on the lookout for that next week. If you want more of us, <laughs> I can't imagine why you would, but if you somehow have listened to an hour of Hellboy Talk and want more of this podcast, uh, you want to go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP and sign up for our Patreon or VIP club over there. You get uh, usually, I would say, at least four extra throwbacks each month, plus a lot of other content and games and fun stuff that we do over on the Patreon page. And we'd love to have you join that. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me yeah, yeah. Salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. <laughs>